Francis Whitebird counted coup in Vietnam. Pierre, over a half century back, when American combat patrols humped the buffalo grass in Vietnam, Charlie fixated his AK-47 crosshairs on three main targets, the officer, the radio man, and the medic. Had Francis Whitebird known, there was a 90% chance he would become a casualty, certainly wounded, very possibly killed, he probably wouldn't have opted to be a medic. But because he did, and because he was lucky enough, skilled enough, to survive two combat tours, he saved the lives of hundreds of soldiers. After the war, Francis would earn a master's from Harvard in education, and would become one of the leading experts on the Lakota language. But there is no doubt that the Vietnam War shaped Francis as much as his Suchungu heritage. It taught him the deepest, most visceral truths of courage and character. Most of us must wonder all of our lives who we truly are and how we will react to life and death pressure, but those questions were routinely asked and answered for Francis in Vietnam. He might have come back to the world with PTSD, but iron sharpens iron, and a crucible of fire forged Francis Whitebird set him on a path that would allow him to give far more back to our tribe than he ever took. Francis arrived in Vietnam older than most of his buddies, but he came back from Vietnam younger than most men of wisdom and vision. There are many kinds of medics, Francis told LT. Only the ones who serve with the infantry and go into combat are called combat medics. Going into combat is a high drugs can't replicate. I enlisted after graduating from SDSU in 1967. Charlie Company, 2nd Battalion, 1st Infantry, was my home, and the grunts we all became brothers for life. We medics who serve with the infantry have to earn the nickname Doc. It is earned and it is respected. During a firefight, when bullets are flying, most soldiers sensibly hunker down and fight from cover. Francis described the enemy he fought, Charlie, as being very crafty, and so when Charlie's bullets found their target, grunts went down, usually still exposed to fire, and that is when Francis had to rush to their aid. Francis humped a hundred extra pounds through the jungle, most in his rucksack. He described what he carried, medical aid bag about 12 inches high, 30 inches wide. It holds tape, scissors, gauze, and bandages for bullet wounds. Saline solution for dehydration. Temps go as high as 120 degrees, and going up and down mountains takes its toll. Salves for jungle rot and creeping crud. Muscle relaxer pills, darvonet and aspirin for pain. We also carried five doses of morphine. We pulled a quick sick call every morning before we moved out. We moved every day looking for Charlie. We carried three days' worth of food and water, ammunition, smoke grenades for helicopter dust-off. I carried an M16 and a .45. Eventually, the wounded fell. I have to keep them from going into shock, keep their minds away from their wound. I usually tell them they are going back to the world, the United States. They are out of the war. Going into shock can kill them. If they need morphine, I give it to them to make them happy. All of this is happening with bullets whizzing and popping around me. Francis arrived in Vietnam during the night. It felt like I walked into an oven when I walked outside that plane. They put us in buses and the buses had mesh wire all over the windows and they said that's to keep the enemy from throwing grenades in here and my heart started pumping, and I thought they are going to kill me before I even get there. Francis was assigned to Charlie Company, deep in the jungles and mountains. When I arrived at the infantry company, Francis said, this guy said, there's another Indian in our company. Before Francis could meet this Indian guy, he hopped on his first helicopter flight, and it landed in what was called a hot LZ. Francis was one of three platoon medics in Charlie Company, 
supervised by a company medic. Francis started looking around for the Indian guy and was told he was lying down behind a log. Francis found him there, smoking a cigarette, and the Indian guy, really was a guy, and he told Francis he was Guy Dullknife from Kyle. Francis asked him, how come these leaves are falling? And Guy told him, those are bullets. You better get down. Guy spoke Lakota, and so Francis sat down beside him, had a cigarette, and from that day on, it was a little bit of home, because we could both speak Lakota all the time to each other. He and I were put at this little outpost. About midnight, RPGs, rocket-propelled grenades, came streaking in, big fire fight began. Charlie came into the perimeter, and Guy and I jumped into this fighting hole, and we fought back to back, he was shooting one way and I'm shooting the other way, all hell broke loose. We survived it. We had flares hanging up, and then the choppers showed up and they shot up around the perimeter. The flares hung out until daylight came, and everybody was jittery and tired. We had to police up the bodies. This chopper dropped this huge net, and we put all the bodies in the net. Eventually, the platoon was relieved at the outpost, and when they got back, Guy located a case of warm beer. It was those old beer cans where you needed a church key, Francis said, and the ring around it was rusted. Must have been out there for years before they sold it back to G.I.s. While they drank the beer, Guy told Francis, Ever since I've been here, I've been snipered, booby-trapped, ambushed, mortared, but last night when we got overrun, one of them almost stepped on me. Back in the old days, Francis explained, You got an eagle feather if you killed the enemy, or touched him with a cupstick, and that's what he was referring to. Eventually the war separated them, Guy was transferred out, and Francis became company medic, in charge of three other medics. By then he had earned the nickname Doc. Counting coup in the old days, touching the enemy, was hard proof of bravery, but every time Francis exposed himself to deadly fire to help his buddies, it was an act of bravery no different than counting coup two centuries ago. Contact James Giago Davis at skindiesel at msn.com.